This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Miss Kelly Henderson. Hi, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm trying to survive Mercury retrograde. I've had a couple hiccups this week, but we're getting through, you know? Well, it's pouring rain in New York City, so it's a good day to be in, and I don't know how it is. You're, where are you? You're in Nashville now? I'm in Nashville, and it's also been raining for about three days straight, so I'm definitely locked up for a bit. And what else have you been up to during quarantine? Oh, gosh. I mean, I quarantined at, the, um, at a farm with my boyfriend and his two kids. So that was very nice. To, it was kind of actually, I really enjoyed quarantine for the first bit of it. You know, I think I needed the break. But um, it's kind of back to business in Nashville, which is weird because it seems like the virus is here now more than ever. But I don't That's... know. I'm just working and trying to stay safe. That's kind of how New York is. Like, it's almost like you knew what to do when the world was closed. And yeah. now it's like open, kind of, but nothing's really changed. You don't know what to do. Well, like, I keep forgetting that it's still happening. And so then I'll go out normal, you know, like in public or something. And I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, like mask. It's just like six feet. You've got to just keep operating with safety precautions. But it feels weird. It's scary. That's why I'm happy to just be home doing this job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, are, are you from Nashville originally? I am from Louisiana originally. And so I went, I lived in Baton Rouge all the way through college. I went to LSU. And then right when I graduated, I moved to Nashville. So I've lived here since 2004, which feels like forever ago now. And like growing up, did you always know you wanted to move to like, you know, a bigger city? So you know, speak. I didn't. I honestly thought maybe I would just stay in Louisiana. But when I was in college, I did, I majored in public relations, which is totally opposite of anything I do now. But um, I did a PR internship in Nashville and I just fell in love. Like I loved the music industry. I loved the city. It's changed a lot since then. But it's just, it's still the South, which is very comfortable for me. But there was a lot more going on, like entertainment industry wise. And how did you, so how did you go from that major to like doing what you do now? Like, right. <laughs> so I got, I, I did get a PR job, but it wasn't at all what I wanted to do. Once I started doing it, it was really difficult for me. And just like the office job sitting at a desk was not good, but I was able to meet a makeup artist doing that. And she kind of took me under her wing and trained me. And so um, it took off from there for me. I assisted her for a couple of years and then I started getting my own clients and i have been doing hair, makeup, and now I do some styling just because I'm obsessed with clothes um, for over 15 years now. So it's been a really fun, long journey. But um, yeah, I've been able to build up a client base here that's, I don't know, I feel really lucky because I have some really awesome clients. What didn't you like about PR? Um, you know, I think it was just 
more of a job than I initially assumed it would be. And I am super ADD. So like sitting there and, you know, having the nine to five schedule, it didn't work for me as well as I anticipated. But um, I think I could actually do it more now, which is interesting. But since I've maybe matured a little bit, when I was younger, I was just like, let's go, let's move. You know, like I just, I was way more exciting to me to be on a set somewhere than to be sitting at a desk. And you just love hair and makeup and fashion. I remember being little, just watching award shows, being obsessed with the red carpet. Like that was my favorite part of any award show. So it was kind of the whole picture. Like when I first started, I thought maybe I'll do wardrobe. And it just so happened that a person, the person I met, you know, was obviously the hair and makeup artist. So she trained me so well in that. And then I was able to incorporate my passion, passion for fashion, just going to rhyme a little bit, <laughs> um, into my job later. So it's been really fun. Do you love like styling or hair or makeup? Like, do you love one part of it better than the other? Um, I think it just depends on the job and the person, you know, like I do actually a lot of men's grooming now, which people are like, huh. what is that? But most of my clients are men. And so um, that is fun for me to get to do all three because obviously doing their hair and makeup isn't as exciting as doing girls. Um, so it's a little more basic. So when you throw in the clothes aspect, it just gets a little more exciting. How'd you fall into men's grooming? I know. So, right? so, um, so my first like major client that I consistently started working with was this guy named Dirk Bentley, who's a country music artist. And so I think in Nashville, because I was working with him for so many years, people just kind of started, in, you know, assuming that that was that was my deal and that was my niche and so i kept getting other guys you know then it was like jason ld and then it was luke bryan and then it was like now i work with this guy bobby bones all the time and so i've just sort of gotten into that and you do have to find your niche and like make a name for one thing kind of to really build a client base and so that was just i just went in that direction well those are big names in country music yeah they are. You, I actually feel lucky because I'm like, all my clients are really hot. So. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I mean, do you love country music? I mean, I know that might be a dumb question considering you live in Nashville, but. Yeah. No, I mean, people assume that that is what I love and I never listen to country except for like when I'm working. Um, I'm more of like a rap, hip hop, R&B kind of girl. That's like the Louisiana in me though, I think. But um, I do, I've come to love it a lot and especially like certain artists, you know. I mean, you can't live in Nashville and not hear country music every now and again. Like what are your favorite like bands, like not country? Oh God, well, I mean, as I was like getting ready for this, it's always like Post Malone, you know, like, I mean, I was obviously been on a Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion kick this year. Like that's the kind of stuff I like. <laughs> Anything I can dance to. Listen, I mean, I'm not a huge country music fan myself, but I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's, I appreciate it. I just, it's not my genre, but maybe yeah. if it was in Nashville, it would be. Yeah, I mean, maybe or maybe not. I think the locals are kind of like, eh, we could take it or leave it. <laughs> so talk to me about Velvet's Edge also. So that was a little bit how some of my styling stuff started with the clothes aspect, because I started Velvet's Edge just as this creative outlet I needed um, because I was working with a lot of men and because I was just feeling kind of like monotonous, you know? I mean, as creative as this job can be, it can also be a little bit like you show up and do the same thing over and over. And so I needed a creative outlet. So I started this blog, Velvet's Edge. Um, it's velvetsedge.com. 
a little shameless plug there. <laughs> We're um, all about the shameless plug here. So you <laughs> whatever you want. Um, yeah, I started that, God, I guess it was like 2014, so it's been forever. But um, yeah, it started as a creative outlet. And then I got a deal with a, a blog, you know, company that you can kind of monetize your blog and so it's just built from that and now I have a podcast of the same name and it's also sort of built more of the fashion aspects of my job because that's what I post about a lot is just what I'm wearing and you know links to all that stuff and tutorials of hair and makeup and yeah it's just really great it kind of surprised me honestly it was just for fun and then it just took off well, to me, like it was obvious that you love fashion because what I thought was great is like when you were on Very Cavalry, like the next yeah. day you would post your outfits. Like, in yeah, I mean, might as well, right? Because that's the messages you get when you're on a show like that or from people just wanting to know where you got certain things. And so I just went ahead and made that a regular thing. Every time the show would air, it was like, here's what I was wearing and, you know, just linked to all of that. It makes you realize, like, if everyone did that, like, life would be so much easier for someone. Because you right. always are wondering, like, where did you get that? Or, like, what brand is that? Right. Like, how often are you watching a TV show and wanting to buy that item? All the okay. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of very cavalier. <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get into this. Well, and then we're going to come back to your podcast. Like, you know, it okay, is cool. about right. you. It's about you. You could have your shameless plugs. <laughs> Okay, so take us back. So where did you meet Kristen Cavallari to begin with? So I met Kristen actually through Jay. I was friends with Jay before. Um, he was really good friends with a guy I was dating at the time. And um, they played football together at Vanderbilt. So, God, I mean, I've known him for, I keep saying it was like either like 11, 12, 13 years ago. I mean, it's been a really long time that I met him. I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. And so when he started dating Kristen, he brought her to Nashville and was trying to convince her to move to Nashville. And he was like, I need her to meet some cool girls. So he just like, we just all started hanging out and she and I became really close friends too. You were in on the like, you need to try to convince her to move here. I was. <laughs> so, and like, so, you know, because you're into like the red carpets and all of that, like, did you, I mean, you obviously knew who Chris, like, did you watch Laguna Beach in the Hills? I did not, no. So I didn't, I mean, I knew who she was. I don't think you could, I mean, like, I don't live under a rock, but I wasn't, like, I had seen maybe a couple episodes here and there when I was in college living in the sorority house. But, like, I wasn't familiar at all with 
LC and like all the drama. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of that stuff. You, so. Well, you missed out on a lot. Let me tell I've you. I've heard, I've heard. Yes. Um, but yeah, the person that I got to know was totally different from what I hear the person on the show was too. So that was a very interesting experience. Like how so, like, cause did people say like, this is her character on the hills and like, she's kind of the well, bitch. Almost like she's the bitch and the bitch is back. And um, I did know about that. I don't remember how, but I remember being like, oh, okay. Like, I, I you know, I just thought that was a cool little tagline MTV did. But um, no, I mean, she was like a mom and uh, she wasn't really working. I mean, she was doing small things, but not to the capacity that she is now with Uncommon James and stuff. And so- um, it was just a different, different time. And there was no, there was no reality TV. There was nothing. So it was a very chill version, maybe. Are you the type, like, do you like reality TV in general? Like, do you watch a lot of TV? I'm a big Housewives fan. I will say that reality TV has become a little uh, hard for me to watch since my experience. I'm very cavalier because I know how fake and not true a lot of it is or how people can get pinpointed into like, certain characters that is that are not at all true to who they are and so it's become more difficult because I can see now the edits and the production and like what the producers are doing and um yeah it's not as fun which sucks because I love the housewives and I still will tune in every now and again but it's just different now it takes away from it right like once you kind of know too much no because you want to be in on like oh my god can you believe she said that or she did this or she didn't text back or whatever. And like, now that I've had the experience I've had, I'm like, yeah, but none of that actually happened. <laughs> so. What, before Very Cavalier, like what housewives were your favorites? Um, I love Atlanta because I think they're hilarious. Um, I also love Beverly Hills and New York. Those Those are, are, I mean, I watch, I think I watch the OC too. But and you, I mean, you, they all have funny characters. Those, those ladies are so good at what they do. And you still watch them? You just, it's different now. Um, I watched, I think I've watched some of Beverly Hills this season. And then actually it's funny, last night for the first time in months, I watched some of New York. So it's different without Bethany though. It's strange. Although I do like Leah. I love Leah, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's great. So, right. But I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, once you know too much, like I watch and I'm like, these two people don't really hate each other or this. It's like, just, it's, yeah, I know. It's like, it's reality. It's just a heightened version of reality. Sometimes, or sometimes it's not at all. Reality. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to get into that. So okay. before we get there, so now you're friends with Kristen. She moves to Nashville. You guys are hanging out. You're friends with Jay. Yeah. So what? One day she just came to you and said, do you want to be on my TV show? Um, so the way that I remember it happening was this was when Jay played in Miami and I would go over there every Sunday to watch the game. And we, um, you know, would just watch football all day, have kind of like a football Sunday. And she had been talking about the show for a long time, but like the show when it originally started was going to be about Uncommon James and the employees, kind of like a Vanderpump rules situation. And so like, she was going to be on it, but popping in like it wasn't really about her life um and so they did a pilot they did all of it so I knew about her doing this but like I don't know it 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 kind of evolved into something totally different and so we were sitting there on a Sunday and she was like hey Kel 
um, E loves the show. It's, it's happening, but they want me to have a friend. So you're up. And I was like, what? And she's like, you know, you're up. Like, I need you to be on it with me. And she's like, you wouldn't have to do a lot. And, you know, I have been approached about reality shows in the past. And like, actually another one that Kristen did, she tried to get me to be a part of, this was a couple years ago. And I just couldn't do it because the, the way, like the nature of my job and my clients and my clients are specifically the type that are kind of opposed to the reality TV world. You know, they're, to me, they're actual celebrities with these really big talents and they're just like, not, they just think it's dumb. And so I've always said no, because I didn't want to affect my job, you know, and that was way more important to me. And I really was like, for what, like, what is it going to do? Once I started Velvet's Edge and it was growing a lot uh, and I had gotten a podcast at that point and she was like, it would be really good for Velvet's Edge. And so I had just broken up with my boyfriend at the time and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just go. It was just that, that time of my life where I was saying yes to everything. Like I said yes to a podcast. When I heard called, I said yes to some other job stuff. And I was just like, I'm in a moment of yes. So yes. All right, let's give it a go. I'm not going to be on it that much. Like I was told it was just going to be kind of like a pop in, pop out, talk about Uncommon James, maybe, I don't know, a little bit about our friendship and then that would be it. And it totally changed, obviously. It did change. What, wait, what, what was the other show that you were, that she asked you to be on? It never, it never got picked up. It was something that she had filmed a pilot for and um, it just never happened. It was something about models that I was gonna, that I, I actually went to help her do the pilot and I was like, but that's it. Like, I'm only doing the pilot and that will never air, right? And she was like, no, this is just to like pitch it to networks. So I did that as the makeup artist with these models, but then the show never got picked up. And that was gonna be set in Nashville also. Yes, it was. Interesting. Right, so, <laughs> well, I right, I mean, even when it came out, Vera Cavalier in the beginning, like Jay had a smaller role and it really was supposed to be like a Vanderpump Rules. Exactly. It was mostly, you know, that's when like the Shannon stuff and Reagan and Taylor, those were all, and Brittany, those were all the main characters really. But um, yeah, it just shifted. So you said yes. And then you started filming. Were you yeah. like, and you had reservations because of your clients. Like, I mean, like Dirk Bentley doesn't want to be on a reality show, I imagine. He's the opposite of that. He didn't, I don't even think he wanted me to be on the show, you know? And and it's, especially it's hard because they want you to talk about what you do. But like, if your clients are really private, it's tough because they don't want to be talked about and they don't want to, you know, they don't want the name dropping. All that stuff's kind of gross in this industry. And so you have to be really careful. Or I felt like I had to be really careful specifically based on my clients. Nashville's way different than like a Hollywood. It's not like people aren't just chasing fame in the same way. Like, and so I was just, I had to be really cautious. Like if I went back and watched season one and I, I felt like I was just so inhibited, you know, it was really hard for me to know what was okay to say. And I was just uncomfortable. It was hard. Did you tell all these clients of yours that you were going to do this? Like, did you have to get their permission or? I didn't fully like get their permission, but I had to have really, like I called all of the managements before and I was like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And they were all kind of like, <laughs> uh, but I was like, this is why, like, you guys know, I've been working really hard on this Velvet Edge stuff. I just got the podcast. It's like, I can't beat that kind of exposure. And I just want to see, like, I was just like, I'm just going to do a season 
And if I like it, I'll keep doing it. Maybe it won't get picked up. Maybe it will. You know, like there were so many questions. It was sort of just like a crapshoot. And they all like trust me enough to be like, okay, okay. They're like, as, they're like, as long as you don't ask us to be on it with you. Well, that was exactly the case. And I did convince one of my clients to do it with me, Bobby Bones. And, um, and then this show didn't use the stuff we filmed until season two, which he got super pissed off about. And it was bad. It was bad for me. I mean, it was like a really hard thing. And so that's the kind of stuff that it's like, that is not worth it to piss my clients off and potentially like get fired to just be on the show. But there's a little bit out of my control. Why did he get pissed off? Just because it was like out of context? Time. Like he was doing me a favor by doing it, you know? And um, the show, like there wasn't, there wasn't really any other celebrities besides Kristen and Jay that were asked, I mean, like that were coming in and, unless they were people that I brought in. And so I did it like, because I've been in Nashville a long time, people said yes, but um yeah, it was tough because then I realized like I really have no say in how they use those scenes and when they use them or how they portray my people. And although the producers told me they would take care of it and I was fine, um, I learned later like that was really risky on my part. I was just really naive. I didn't really, I've never done this before, you know? Did you feel pressures from the producers to like, you know, hey, get this guy, get that guy, you know, like, Oh yeah. And I mean, they don't, they don't understand country music at all either. So like, you know, they're like, well, I don't know what's this guy, Jason Aldean, does he do anything? And I'm like, like he literally sells out arenas and is like extremely successful, but they just, you know, they just think that that was like, Oh yeah. Could we get him? And I'm like, you think Jason Aldean's doing this show? No chance. Right. No chance. Cause they're like coming from Hollywood and don't really know like, the they don't understand the like caliber of celebrity, I don't think, which it's just different. I get it. I mean, country music's a different beast. But the numbers are huge in country music. I mean, That's huge. That's exactly right. That's exactly and right. like the fans are like rabid fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Did you feel pressure from like Kristen? Like get this person on, get that person on? Not really. I mean, I think she understood where I was coming from. It was mostly like just, the producers, you know, obviously they want that. And anytime there's a name, they also wanted to show my job because that would have been good for me. And of course I would have loved that too, for people to understand like the kind of clients that I do have. Um, and I'm not just like some girl just wanting to be on a show, you know, like I actually have been doing this for a really long time. Um, but it, it, I also was just like, I, you know, I would have to say to them, like, I'm not at all willing to like, put this at risk. So that was why fans didn't see a lot of that stuff. It's because I really, there wasn't anything for me to actually show. Where did you meet Jay? Like originally you met him in, you said like in college, like where'd you meet Jay? Originally? Um, no, it was after college, but it was just in Nashville. Um, he was friends with the guy I was dating. So I don't remember the exact place I met him. I'm sure we were out somewhere at a bar. <laughs> Could you tell, so like when you were filming like the first season, like could you tell like it was going in a certain direction? Like when you watched the first season back, were you like, okay, this is what I remember? Or were you already like, you know, even one season in like, eh, this is edited because there's not much that happened the first season. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because now my perspective has changed completely because, you know, it's like 
I actually believed a lot of the stuff about Shannon too, which now I'm like, wait, what was true? Like I was only hearing it from one side. And now that I've experienced what I've experienced, I'm kind of like questioning everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember watching the season and being like, Oh, that was, I wasn't really on season one that much. I don't feel like it was mostly about the employees and then like some dumb dating storyline for me, which was so stupid. But I mean, it was, I say it was stupid because it was like, that was a little fabricated as far as like what we were doing and just how that whole thing went about. And like the, the way that that was made into like the only thing happening in my life. Like it was such a small portion of my life that we just sort of created for the show. But it was like a real guy that you really met. It was a real guy and I really did meet him and think he was so cute. But you remember I said, I had just gotten out of a relationship. So I really wasn't looking to start dating again. Um, but they were like, well, we can't show your job. We can't, you know, you don't want to talk about your family or anyone who doesn't want to be on the show. So like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, fine, I'll go on some fucking dates. I don't know. Like, what do you guys want me to do? Yeah. Like if that's what, that's what you need, then fine. Okay. And then they were probably like, oh, you found someone from out of the country, even better. (laughs) Like this could be a whole, I mean, and he was cute. So I cannot. He was was. really cute with a beard when I met him. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh my gosh, you look like you're five years old. But he's like the sweetest guy ever. I actually like have nothing bad to say about him at all. He was so kind to me. And we did have a good time that weekend. He was just a lot younger than me. Do you hear from someone like that after the show comes out and he's like, oh God. Um, I think, and I think we texted for a little bit after that. And like when it came out, I remember him texting me just being like, oh my God. But um, no, I mean, we don't, there's not, there wasn't, he wasn't like portrayed bad. I don't think, I don't remember specifically, but I don't think it was like anything that he would have been embarrassed about. So then we get to season two. Yes. And the show is airing and we're seeing more of you. And then that's when all these rumors start off the show that like you're having an affair with Jay or wherever these rumors came from. So well, let's pause there. We can (laughs) pause there. It's so funny to me that this is now the thing of all these rumors, like there really weren't any rumors. It was like a couple of trolls on Instagram and a couple of trolls on Twitter. Um, So much so that like, when Kristen and I was told, like, just don't even address it because if you address something, it makes it into a story. And if we just ignore it, it goes away because we know it's not true. So like, let's not make this into a thing. And that's really what it was. It was like just a few people out of nowhere on Instagram yes, and I mean, Twitter. Did you know about this until season three? No. <laughs> right. Nobody did. No, I didn't yeah. know it at right. all. Right. So, like, that happens. I mean, first of all, you have to, don't you love the power of social media? Like, that's right. So, like, a few people say this, let's just ignore it. Personally, I don't even know where that could come from. You know what I mean? Like, I watched season two. Like, I saw what I saw. Never in a million years would I have gone there out of nowhere. So, here's what I think happened. It was right, our season aired right after all the Jordan Woods, like, Khloe Kardashian scandal. And our show came on right after that show. So I think that that was already in people's heads. And like Jay and I were really close, but like 
more in a brother sister like i'm gonna fuck with you you fuck with me like joking we knew how to push each other's buttons kind of way because we've known each other for a really long time um and like we know how to make each other laugh and that was literally it like and people decided or some people decided that they thought that was flirting but like it wasn't and it's never even there has never been anything even remotely close to that kind of stuff so it was just frustrating for me because even when it started happening i was like oh my god this is so just the nature of people wanting to make something into something it's not for the drama of it was that the first time like for you it's like welcome to reality tv like you know were you just like oh my god I had never experienced trolls before. And like that to me now looking back after what I've experienced at this point was nothing. I mean, like it was literally, it was just like a joke. Like I don't even, I didn't even really know about it that much. I saw a couple of things on Twitter and um, then like Kristen, when she texted me about it, it was, I was kind of like, wait, where are you seeing? Like, I didn't even know it was happening. And that's why I'm saying it really wasn't like rumors or something as salacious as it was made to seem. It was just like a couple of trolls making it into something it wasn't. And do you think, because this is just where my sick, jaded New York City mind, someone who does this for a living around real life, like, did you ever yeah. think like the calls coming from inside the house, like this was producers, like, you know, drumming up drama for their show? I don't know. I didn't at the time, but now I, I wouldn't put it past anybody. I mean, I don't trust any of them anymore. So it could have very well been that. Or did I just put that idea in your mind? No, I mean, trust me, since the show, since season three has come out, I have questioned every single conversation I've had. I have questioned like who put stuff in anyone's head, who started any sort of rumors, who was doing what. I mean, like, I don't trust any of them. So... So like, so, so when this happened, season two, and none of us, I mean, I didn't know about it. That's when like Kristen saw it or you guys texted and were just like, she's like, ignore it. Yes. And then you ignored it. I went about life as normal, like I was told to do. <laughs> and then season three came out and then right. that's where, so like, well, like in between season two and three, when all this was happening, then like off camera, like where was the breakdown in your relationship? Because that's where then Kristen will say you were posting about it. Like this is what the whole thing is. Like you were posting. Of course, about and then like of course on the show, like they quickly flashed to my Twitter account and they're like J J J. Well, like after every or during every show, like you post about what's happening in the show, and so I was just commenting on like ha ha ha. It, it, like they picked the couple that I had done with Jay, but there was a whole load of tweets that they don't post or they didn't post about. Also, like, if you go look at my account, like, I haven't deleted anything because I'm like, why don't you guys go check out what's going on? Because it's not at all what they made it seem. And if you look at the show, it just flashes really fast. Like, people can't read what the tweets actually said. But I was just commentating on what was happening on the show that was airing, which is what reality TV people do to publicize the show. Like, I wanted people to watch the show. That's it. Um, and then Jay's in my podcast and I posted about him doing the podcast because that's what I do with every guest, you know, as you do. Yes. And, um, 
I was never told that that was an issue. I was never told that there was anything that I was doing that was hurtful or bothersome even. I would never do that to a friend. And so um, I had no idea there was a problem. So then the week before season three filming started, I got a text uh, saying that there was in fact a problem. And I didn't know. You got a text from Kristen. Yes. Saying like you're posting on social media and no, it wasn't that clear. It was something I said in a group text with her and a producer. Like, I'm so excited to see you guys. I've missed you because in the meantime, between filming, Kristen had gone to film that other show um, that she did for Fox and was gone for a while. I also was in a place in my life where I was on severe burnout. Like during the time where we were filming season two, I was working like 18 hours a day, (laughs) trying to keep up with all of my clients, my blog, my podcast. Um, And then I was going through my personal, like some own personal struggles of infertility and stuff that I was dealing with on a bigger scale um, and just trying to process like being a single girl. I bought a house. I, you know, was trying to freeze my eggs. Like there was a lot going on in my life. So I just kind of shut down after the season. I didn't really talk to anybody. Like I, I, she was out of town. I shut down because of what I was going through. Um, And we texted, but for some reason, I don't know, for some reason, whatever I was doing wasn't enough in her mind for what a friend should do. She didn't text me either, by the way. Or like there was, it wasn't like she was calling me and I wasn't answering or not returning her call. It was just like, I just assumed she was busy. And so during filming, you're like with each other all the time. So I was excited to get back to it and like be able to spend the time together because we're on the same schedule again, finally, which as an adult, you know, is like, hard it's hard to balance all the moving pieces that he's just three kids runs a business and a husband like there's a lot going on at all times in both of our lives so I didn't think anything of it and then all of a sudden I was told that that was a huge issue and she had been mad at me for months and I didn't you know she didn't say anything to me I immediately tried to call her and figure out how to make it right and it was just not met with that kind of um willingness and then that's when she said, like, you're only texting me because it's about the show and you only care mm-hmm. about the show and all that stuff. Right. Not the eight-year friendship we had before the show. So were you, like, totally shocked when she... Yes. I was completely shocked. Completely. And then... I, I honestly, can I tell you the truth? I still am. <laughs> I still don't understand. Like, I'm still shocked I'm still shocked by some of the press stuff that I see her saying like the whole thing it's just shocking to me I don't understand it I mean because that was really it like you went back to film season three and well then you guys- I filmed one time and then I realized I was being set up and I have no editing power and so I was just like I can't do this again they're gonna totally fuck me which they did anyway but like I just couldn't get I knew if I got on camera they would pick and choose what they wanted to say, which is what, or wanted to show, which is what they did. And as an executive producer, like she was, I mean, they're never going to make her look bad. So they have to have someone else to throw under the bus. Did they try to like convince you not to walk away? The producers? Yeah, yeah. of course. They want to be the film. I just, there, there was no, I mean, also it's a real, I mean, Kristen and I were real friends. This wasn't like, a fabricated thing for a reality TV show up until that, 
you know, like it was, it was a real friendship. And so it was very emotionally volatile for me. I was super upset. Like what they don't show. I mean, I think they showed me walking out crying in that one scene. I was in the driveway crying for like 30 minutes straight talking to one of the producers. And I was just like, can't believe this is happening. Like, I feel like I'm being completely set up. I don't feel like I can say any of my truth because you guys are going to edit it to make me look whatever way you want. And like, I'm upset and I'm like heartbroken about a friend. Like feel, I felt very betrayed or like I had trusted it to be a certain way. And, and it wasn't, and I could not, I tried over and over to like get together and talk about it and all of that. And that wasn't happening. And so it was extremely frustrating because I was just like, I can't keep doing this if, if it's just to make me look bad. Like you just kept calling and like, she just, wouldn't return your calls no I mean I kept saying can we sit down or you know finally I said okay fine we'll get on the phone but like there was it felt like from her side she just wanted to text an email and I feel like stuff gets lost in translation that way and to me I'm like an eight-year friendship is way bigger than a fucking email like it just is so seriously what's going on here and like if I've hurt you in some way let me fix it I'm so sorry that was never my intention and I said all of these things, but again, that was not how it was portrayed on the show. No. And like I said, I, like you said, I think you would have been portrayed a certain way if you did film. Right. Exactly. Do you think like, did it ever, like, do you think Kristen was really mad or do you think it was like, I'll do anything for my show? I'm confused. I don't know. I, I'm sure she was really mad at, to some degree, I don't know if someone got in her head or, or what, but for some reason there was something that she interpreted that I was doing something in a certain way. And then everything she built in her head made that story true. And like, it wasn't true from the beginning. And so that's why I was so caught off guard with it. Um, but that's why I also wanted to sit down and talk about it. Cause I just think misinterpretations when you're not seeing each other and you're really not talking happen so easily. So like, let's just sit down, let's dive into it and let's talk about it and let's fix it. Like our friendship was way worth that to me. Yeah. I mean, eight years. I didn't, I don't think I realized it was that long. Yeah. It's a really long friendship with no shows, with no, like, you know, there was nothing I was trying to get. It was just a friendship. Well, right. Like that's one of the claims that she has, like, you know, that you were only into the fame, you were, you wanted to post about her and Jay on social media, because, you know, they're big names, and, like, what do you say to that? Do you remember, also, like, what I do for a living, and how long I've been in this business, like, first of all, that's not what I do, second of all, I've been friends with them for a super long time, and most people didn't even know I was friends with them, because I just wouldn't post about it. But when you're on a show and you're building a social media and building an audience for the show, you do post about stuff more. But I've always been very like protective of my people. And truthfully, like I don't give a shit about who they are or anything like that. I'm around those kind of people all the time, you know? And so that was like, I just, I had everything that I had before this show. I maybe got a couple more Instagram followers. That's literally it. And so it was mind blowing to me that that could even be a claim. And that's really what you got out of it. Just like Instagram followers, like your business was the same. Yeah, It wasn't like I had none when I started either, you know, like I was already close to a hundred thousand when the show started. So it's not like I was like 
really it's just the whole that's why the whole thing is just so beyond frustrating because like the people who have followed me for a long time are like what she already had this stuff like and because I work hard not because I'm trying to be like a social climber or whatever she accused me of um yeah so it, I don't even know where that came from other than to make the story try to make sense but even I got so many messages. I got a lot of hate, but I also got a lot of messages from people being like, yeah, like that just doesn't even make sense. And like, that doesn't make sense to what we saw of you guys even, you know, it all felt like such a stretch. If you had watched the show, you'd followed me. If you knew anything about me or my job or my life, then you would be like, yeah, this is just for show. This is like bullshit. Well, that's the thing. Like when you look at other shows like The Housewives, like there's so much that happens in between seasons on social media, which is so big that like, you know about it. Like, so to your point, like, no, like I, no one knew that this was going on during season two. So then like when season three comes back, like I just, as like a viewer, you're like, what? It was so, everyone was like, what? It was so, and I was like, also like, what? (laughs) I think we all were like, what? This just doesn't, I don't know. I still don't think it makes sense, but. I mean, so did you get like to your point, you know, because Kristen has like four something million plus followers. Like, did you get, like, listen, there's people I'm sure that just blindly follow who they like. Like, did you get tons of hate? Um, Yeah. Oh my God. I got tons of hate. And you know, it got, when they announced their divorce, um, it got, because that had been put in their minds on the, sh- like in people's minds on the show, even if you watch the show closely, Kristen says, I know there was no truth to these rumors. And so like, she says that, but because it's just like sort of in the back of people's minds, when they announced their divorce, I think it was the easiest thing to go to. So, I mean, I was getting hit up by every tabloid, you know, it's like running on good morning America that I'm a fucking homewrecker. And as I'm sitting next to my boyfriend and his two kids trying to like quarantine and live life. It was just, it was devastating to me. It was awful. And the hate that I got on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that was terrible. I couldn't, I had to get off social media for a second just for my own like mental well being. I was going to say like, how did you handle all that? Like the first time, like during season three, like it just, Um, you know, it was the first time that I've really experienced like trolls and hate and I'm really lucky because I have a lot of really good friends that really just try to remind me like everyone that matters knows the truth. These are people who are just, they just want a storyline They're You know, even my therapist was like, think about the people saying this stuff to you. They're the people who watch reality TV because they want drama. So they just want to like build that drama. They don't actually know you. Um, because I'm like a really sensitive person. So I take everything so personal, you know, and when people are, telling you how terrible you are every morning when you wake up, it takes a toll. Um, But I just tried to remind myself of all the love that I had around me. And luckily, you know, all my clients, all the people in Nashville, like they know who I am. I've been here for so long. So um, I just felt, I felt very supported and I would just try to like not get on social media as much as possible, but I do have a business on social media. So I couldn't just like completely get off, which was tough because I wanted to. Did it like affect your business? Like, did your clients, like, I imagine like Dirk Bentley is not like reading the reality tabloids. Like it didn't. Spill no, 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 they, they, they just felt sad for me that that was how it went down, but no, it didn't affect my business in any way here just because 
like I said, I've been here and I've been established for so many years that people know. Was it like a divorce in the sense that, like we saw that scene with you and like Justin Anderson, like obviously that's one of like her best friends. Like, did she, did everyone just go there? Like, did you win, did she win everyone in the divorce or was it like that? I mean, I think that part has been a little sad for me in that like, oh, Justin and I weren't friends, but like, you know, the Beegs and the Chewies of the world I've known for a really long time. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. They just didn't want to get involved. And so I talked to them a couple of times, but they mostly just try to stay out of it. But I have a lot of other friend groups that really like support me. And so, I mean, if that's what they need to do. I'm not going to like pressure people to be in the middle of something, you know, like I respect them not wanting to get involved. It did kind of hurt because I just, I genuinely valued those friendships. But um, like I said, I'm lucky to have a lot of really great friends. And then all that dies down and you get on with your life. And then when this divorce is announced, it comes back like tenfold. It came back even worse. I mean, and that was, that was the worst. That was when it, I mean, I literally could not go, you know, like an hour for a minute without getting called by people or us weekly. And I was just like, I wanted no part of it. And so, I mean, the hard part is, is like, I know that if I sat and told my story, like, of course it would get picked up because people were so bored. It was quarantine. They were so sick of hearing about coronavirus, you know, like they wanted something fun and juicy, but like, it was my real life. And I was really sad for a really long time. I couldn't believe that I was even in that position. I've also been cheated on. And like, I always say to people, I'm like, I'm literally the last person that would cheat. And she knows that. <laughs> so the fact that that was what got the, or the person I got painted into was even more infuriating. Like it just, the whole thing was just really, really upsetting. And when people in all these magazines were calling, like, what did they want? Like a quote or they just want to they know? Just wanted me, they just said, you know, we're running this story. Like, do you want to tell your side of the story? And I, I had such mixed emotions because of course I was like, well, this isn't true. Of course I want to tell my story. But like, again, like I said, I was so emotional and um, I didn't feel like I could speak clearly about it, about it because of that. Also, I sort of just kept buying into the thing that she's the one who taught me that like the more you make something a story and keep the, the tabloids going about it, the bigger it gets. And like, I just, I wanted it to go away and get back to my life and get back to feeling like, you know, I could go about my business as usual. And so I knew the more I talked about it, the worse it would get. And I kind of felt like that was like feeding the beast. And I was just like, not interested in that. And just like a TV show edit, like if you speak to People Magazine for an hour, you're not getting an hour story. It got, you could take not. three sentences and it could be inappropriate. Right. Like people kept saying, like, why aren't you speaking about this? And like, I just couldn't, was the truth. I mean, I literally was having a focus on like getting through my days and like, I was getting death threats. Like I was not trying to draw more attention to the situation than needed. And so... I don't know. Now I think I feel more like at ease emotionally to talk about it. But, um, and I actually wish that I didn't have to, but like it keeps being talked about. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I have to fucking call bullshit here. <laughs> like this is not okay. And like, I can't just keep going about my life being trash for something I did not do. And that is not true. And do you just feel like it was a total setup? I do. Mm-hmm. 
And do you feel more yeah. that like Kristen is truly mad at you or more that this was something angled to make a TV show, like from her? Um, I don't know. I've vacillated between the two. You'd have to ask her. I have no idea. I mean, if she was truly mad at me, I, I don't. And I, I, I do think that she was upset. I do think that that is true, which is why I tried to sit down and talk about it and fix it. Um, and you know, make amends for anything I've done. Like, I'm not saying I, I'm sure I could have called another time or whatever. I'm always willing to hear feedback on how to be a better friend or be better in a relationship doing that constantly. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I find it really interesting. Cause like I sat with all of my really best friends and I was like, is there something that I'm missing? Like, am I a bad friend? And they were all like, no, you're one of the best friends. So, and like, you're so kind, so loving, so in tune with what's going on with us. So that's why they, my friends were really mad. I mean, they actually like went on social media more than I did after trolls and stuff because they saw how much I was hurting and they were just like so frustrated about it. And like, I guess to your point, like, you know, you've known Jay and Kristen for eight years. So if you really wanted to try to gain fame and notoriety off it, you would probably have been posting lots of Instagram stuff seven the years earlier. Right. Like there was also like no show. There was no, when I was friends with them, this was not in the works. And also you remember like me saying I've turned down other show. Like that wasn't anything I was even interested. It just so happened that very Cavalieri hit at the right time. I was told I would be covered and safe because she was an executive producer. And so it was the only time that I've even contemplated doing this because it felt different to me than the other times. Which makes sense. Like one of your best friends is the executive producer and it's a great platform for a blog and a podcast. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't say no to it. So I, I, I mean, nothing. Right. Right. I mean, you figure it could be, I, I get it. Like, were you shocked when they announced their divorce? No. Why not? That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> you don't want to elaborate on that? No. I mean, she's even said in press it's something she thought about for years. So I don't think that that's any secret. Are you shocked that the world was so shocked? No, because that was, I mean, you know, when you're watching the show, they had great scenes together. And I do think that there was a lot of sides to them that were great. So it made me sad. I was really sad because, and you know, she and I had had this conversation even amidst our fight. Like I didn't want them to get divorced. I was, I had a couple friends going through divorces at the time and um, it's hard, especially with kids. And so I was just like, oh, I don't want you guys to go through this. Um, but ultimately I want both of them to be happy still. I mean, I still would say that. So, and I think that's the best for their kids too. So if this is what they need to do and that they weren't happy, then I think they made the, the best decision for them, for them. So, I mean, Nashville, like, you know, it's not New York. I mean, it's still a city and it's big, but like, aren't you going to run into these two oh, I'm people? Sure. I keep, you know, waiting for the day. <laughs> I mean, like when we're out of quarantine, right? Like, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe that's been the biggest blessing for me is I could process my emotions during this time. So if, when the run-in does happen, I'm not just like, what the fuck? 
I mean, so let's just say you run into like Jay tomorrow face to face. What what would you say? I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what Jay's interpretation of this whole situation is. I haven't spoken to him at all. And so, you know, I don't know if he thinks that I'm some sort of culprit in this or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I have no idea how that would go with him. And what if you ran into- I feel like we both probably don't want to be seen talking to each other <laughs> um, just because of all the shit that was made of that. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything to say to him. To, uh, truthfully, like I'm not mad at him. I'm not, I have no feelings. I hope that he's doing well through this stuff. I know how hard divorce can be. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to cause any more drama. I'll tell you that much. But you're conscious, like if you're standing there in Starbucks, getting a cup of coffee, you're talking to him, there's going to be a picture somewhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. And so yeah. some story would be made up about it. And so, yeah, but I mean, I, I would not be like rude by any means, you know, there's nothing, there was nothing that ever happened. So, you know, and like I said, I've known him for years. So it actually makes me really sad. The whole thing that we're, that there was just two really, you know, really long-term friendships that got broken up over a stupid TV show. What would you say if you ran into Kristen? Nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I mean, would you take, Kristen back as a friend I someone asked me that the other day and like I don't really know how because I don't trust her at this point um I if we could have a conversation and talk through what happened and why and I had some better understanding I, I don't know I mean I actually don't want to live in a place of being angry I'm still pretty angry and uh, I think, you know, there's been some interviews that she's done lately that have just been really frustrating to me. Um, I, I didn't even know about them, but people tell me it when I do stuff like this. And so, yeah, I had heard some stuff and I'm just like, why? What? Like, just leave me alone at this point. Like, I just want to move on with my life. Um, I haven't done any interviews. Like this week is the first time I've taken interviews. And because I know people are going to ask about this. And like I said, I just wanted to go away, but it's not. So uh, yeah, like, I'm just going to talk about my side of it. And like I said, you know, she's a mom, she's, um, got a great business and all this stuff. So I wish her the best with those things and moving forward in her life. But like, I don't really have any desire to bring her back into my circle. What's this stuff that like, she's not said in interviews that upsets you? Oh, she said something last month about like why I didn't call after the divorce. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Like, do you not, first of all, do you not remember what you said about me on national television? I don't remember that. I mean, like, that was, like, mind-blowing to me. And then also, like, um, the day you announced your divorce was probably one of the worst days of my life because of the stuff that started being said about me. So I was kind of, like, navigating my own shit at that point. And yet calling you to check on you, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to be cold, but, like, I actually was like, like, I'm kind of like, well, where was my call? You know, like if we had made amends and I tried to, of course I would have supported her through this. I know how difficult divorce is and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but like, it just was so interesting to me that she was saying like, she was shocked about that. Cause I'm like, why would I call you after you drug me through the mud over nothing? And like, I mean, I don't know Kristen, but I know other people like in the public eye 
sometimes it's all about them. You know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, we've been together for three days. You haven't asked me one question about myself. Like, yes. do you think that's part of it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to, like I said, I honestly don't want to trash her. I just want to tell my story, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I feel frustrated that I'm getting painted as a bad friend when I'm like, if it was still happening one-sidedly, like she was trying, 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 reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. And I was just like, no bitch, like I'm busy. Okay. But that's not how this was. <laughs> so I'm just like, why is it my responsibility and not yours? Like this goes back to like, also me not using them. Like, I don't care who you are. I expect in a friendship, you know, I respect it to be reciprocal. Like I don't want to do all the work in a relationship. I'm not that interested in being friends with someone because they're famous that I will just like do whatever, you know? Um, so I just didn't feel like that was fair. That makes a lot of sense. Would you take Jay back as a friend? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I have no idea where he stands on any of this stuff. Like he hasn't done anything specifically to me that would make me angry, but um, I don't know. I, I actually... I don't know. I mean, now that this is all done and what's happened has happened, we kind of run in different circles. Do you feel better now that you've like, are starting to talk about this? You know, like it's your side, like you're a human being. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, the whole thing just is still so frustrating and upsetting to me that like, it's not really what I want to spend my time talking about. Um, I also just feel like, I have a business and a life and like, you know, I always say I, I would never just like trash Kristen because she's kids and like that shit comes out and I don't want for kids to ever read something that I said that's going to make them think anything about their mom. The unfortunate thing is that like she has now put me in a position to, you know, have a Google where I'm Googled as a home wrecking bitch and there's children in my life too. And, um, that's frustrating. I just feel very like, uh, I don't know. I don't even remember what your initial question was. Sorry. Oh, well now I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> <laughs> Would uh, you... I think my point was that there's kids in my life too. And to be put in that position. Oh, you said, do I feel better talking about it? No, not really. But there are reasons that I do feel like I just do now. And um, I don't know if it'll make it better or worse. That's always the kind of the crap sheet, but I just want to be myself and I want to be seen as myself and not seen as some person I've been painted into. That's absolutely not at all me. So based on all this, like if you go back and Kristen says you're coming on my show, would you say no? I would like, never go on a show of hers ever, ever, ever again. No. And like, I was not around anymore, but I would never, no, no like, chance. You wish you said no back then. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like oh, if you oh like, my God. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like I've had many days where I'm like, why did I say yes in the basement of her house that day? Um, I've tried to make peace with it in that it has made me a very, like a much stronger person. And it's also made me really be truthful with myself about the truth of myself. You know, I, I think I probably in the past have been somewhat of a people pleaser and I really cared what people thought about me. And like, literally I can't anymore. It's just one of those, like, this has proven to me that the people who actually know yourself are the only thing that really matters. And 
you know, they say haters are going to hate or whatever they are. And the more successful or the more exposed you are or out there, the more hate you're going to get to. But um, I've just kind of I've gotten to a place where I can let it slide off my back a, a lot quicker for sure. And a lot of times now I'm just like, whatever, you know, but um, that, I w so for that reason, I wouldn't take it back in that, like, I feel like that was maybe a necessary step for me to evolve as a person, but it has not been easy. And I do, uh, there's the many moments this past year that I wish I could fast forward through for sure. Did you get a lot of like the hate in person, like before COVID? Like, would you just walk into, I don't know why I keep going back to Starbucks, but would you just like walk into the Starbucks and people are like. Yeah. Bitch. I mean, I think the thing that was so sad to me was like, when, after season two of the show, people would come up to me and say like, Hey, are you Kelly? Like, thank you so much for sharing your egg freezing journey because I was going through that too. And that really helped her. Thanks for sharing your story about getting cheated on, you know, like. I've been through that and being single in your thirties is really hard. And so thanks for speaking about this. It makes me feel so much more normal. And I love that. Like that was one thing very Cavalry taught me was I love connecting with people. And if me sharing what I'm going through is helping anyone, like that is something that really fills my heart. Like I love it. Um, but after season three, it was like, Instead of that, I was getting, you know, if I walk into Starbucks, if we're going to stick with that analogy, um, it was more like I would see people see me and then I would see them be like, you know, and that is hard. That's really hard. It's just, uh, it really bothered me for a long time. And yeah, now I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever. You guys don't know me. What did like your family and like your support system say through all this? I mean, my mom wanted to murder her, but um they just, they really just were sad mostly for me because they know me and my heart and the reality of what happened. And yeah, I think it was just unfortunate. Well, you have a new man in your life. I do. So that's good, right? Yes. <laughs> Where did you meet him? Um, he actually went to college with Dirks. And so we met through some mutual friends in that friend group and um, yeah, I mean, it was never, I don't think, I don't think I was his type and I don't think he's really like my typical type. So we didn't really anticipate that we would start dating, but we started hanging out as friends uh, a while ago now and it just evolved into that. And yeah, I mean, he's great. It's been really great for my life. Why wasn't he your type? He's like, you know, he works in like a real, he has like a real job. He's, you know, he, he does stuff with money and finances and he has two kids and I don't know. It just even like the way we dress is different, you know, just like everything like that, that you think really matters. And then you sit with someone and you bond on a deeper level and you can connect and actually talk. And we're very different, but we're also our foundational, you know, things that we value and all of that are exactly the same. And so it's been really, really great for me and him being more in like a normal job and a family guy is so good for me. It gets me out of this like crazy entertainment world and grounds me and kind of gives me some, some perspective. <laughs> Did he know anything about like the show or any of this when you guys started? Yeah. I mean, of course he did. Um, when I first met him, he was like, Oh God, she's on a reality TV show. You know, like that's just not the type of guy he was. Um, but 
yeah, he knew about it. And then he was obviously there when all the drama was going on. And so, and we were quarantining together when the actual divorce stuff hit. So he experienced all that stuff with me and he thinks it's really dumb. <laughs> He's just probably like, what the He's like, what? Exactly. I mean, like that. And then he's just like, is this for real? Like people are accusing you of having an affair. He's like, you're with me. Like, it, how would you be, you know, we were literally out of a farm isolated and I'm being accused of doing all this stuff. And it was just like, this is stupid. Well, hopefully it's going to start, like you said, there's Google, but hopefully it'll start to like dissipate. I hope so. I mean, I do feel like I've, the hate has stopped a lot. Um, you know, I used to wake up and my inbox would be flooded with shit and it's not like that anymore. It's just every now and again, there'll be somebody, but I'm just like, that doesn't bother. I just block them or whatever. I don't even comment back anymore. Um, but yeah, I think that people are starting to realize too, that just, I don't know, maybe it's, the way that it went down or whatever, they're just like, I don't, I think the truth just starts to come out and um, people kind of just know based on like the other aspects of your life. Well, hopefully this chat will help, you know, get your side of the story out there. Tell us about Velvet's Edge podcast. So the podcast um, was started, I guess it was 2018. It was right around the time, right before we started doing the show. And I started it initially just based off of my blog. You know, I do a lot of like fashion and hair and makeup. And it's a lot of um, tips like that and kind of just health and wellness stuff. What's happened for me since is that I've focused so much on external beauty in my life and in my job that I really started wanting to have deeper, more spiritual conversations in the podcast. I felt myself gravitating towards that. So now I'll have like anyone from an astrologer to a sex therapist to a financial guy, but anyone who's going to help us, like, first of all, learn how to adult and learn how to adult in a healthy way and really just kind of grow our insides the same way that we focus on growing our outsides. You know, I think that's like such a big part of my life that I'm just really excited to get the opportunity to talk about and have guests on to talk about. And then I do a series on Fridays called Act Casual with a good friend of mine, Chip, and we talk about sex and dating and weird questions we get from listeners on that. <laughs> so we cover a lot of topics. Today we talked about unsolicited dick pics. So that was fun. See, that's fun. It's totally fun. <laughs> do you love, like, do you love being a podcast host? I love it. I did not, uh, actually my client Bobby Bones started a network. And so that's how I got this gig. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do a podcast. You know, I, I literally told him no three times. And he was like, you would be so good. I promise you just try it. And I love it. It's actually one of my favorite things that I do now. I love talking to people. And like I said, I love connecting with people. So it's been such a fun way to do that. What do you think's like from one podcast host to the next? Like, what do you think is like one of the biggest challenges or some of the challenges you face? I just think it's more time consuming than people think. The prep work and just if you're gonna do a good interview, you have to be informed. And um, so to me, that's the biggest challenge is the time. Because once you get in the conversation, usually that's good, but you do have to also be on. I don't know if you feel this, like you can't be just tired like you're carrying the conversation and if you have a good guest you can banter back and forth but it's a it's a heavy load it's fun but it's a lot of work i agree with both of those people think first yeah. of all you just turn a microphone on 
And like, sometimes, you know, like I'll be like, oh my God, I just booked like four new guests. And I'm like, oh my God, I have four hours of research now. Like just. Exactly. I mean, it's not more depending on the guest. It just depends. But yeah, it's like, it's like if you sat down and just had a mic, I mean, I think actually a lot of people do do that, but your podcast is not going to be good. Like as much as you like to hear yourself talk, uh, not everyone's going to be interested. So you have to do your research. That's like my biggest, cause like I do like a lot of speaking on like podcasting and like, that's one of the things I tell people. I'm like, you need to remember there's an audience. Listen, if you just want to hear yourself talk, that's fine. Like I'm not taking that away from you, but like okay. if you want this as something to grow and like be legitimate like right there's like an audience listening like you gotta really yeah. and yes there are days where you're just like um I'm exhausted and I just don't feel like being happy for the next three hours no exactly it's a I lot mean, to bring to the table but on the good days when it works it's awesome like most of the time I'm in the mood but every now and then I'm just like oh I just don't want to talk right now same. <laughs> is there anything else like what in that would like to give people a chance at the end? Anything else like we didn't cover? Anything else like you'd like to bring out? I don't think so. I mean, I think you covered most of what I would want to tell of my story. And I don't know. I mean, I think overall, the main thing I always just want people to remember is like this was a real friendship. And so it's really sad more than anything. And as much fun as it might be for people to be like, ooh, what happened? Like, it's been really hard and I'm sure you know even if she did make up some of it for the show I think it's probably been really hard on her too it's a really long-term friendship and we were really close so I just ask people to kind of respect that and just not make it just like a reality show like it was real and a real friendship and real relationships that were lost and I think if you've gone through any sort of friendship breakup or breakup in general like you can relate to how hard that can be and like, there's the five stages of grief. Like, I mean, are you more sad or are you more angry at this point? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was like actually in a good place with both earlier today. And then I, when I or this was yesterday when I did that interview and um, the guy told me about that article and people and just like the fact that she was shocked that I didn't call her. I got really fucking pissed again. I was just so mad. So I think, yeah, I probably said way more in this podcast than I would have. So I don't know if that is like good. It's probably good for you, but like, I don't know how it'll be for me, but I'm mad. And I kind of vacillate sometimes between that most times in my life. Now I have moved on. Like, I just don't, it's been so long. Like people don't even realize this has been going on for, I mean, almost two years now. So wow. I guess, I mean, it was like July, not last July, but the July before. So a year and a half. And so I've gone through all the stages. I've gone through all of them. And I mean, a lot of people wanted me to get ahead of it even. And I was in such denial that she would do anything bad to me on TV um, just because of the length of our friendship. And I was just like, no, I don't think I'm not going to like go out there and say all this stuff when like, I don't know what she's going to do. And um, yeah, so I did the denial. I did the bargaining. I did all of it. But today I'm pissed. I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> Thank you for coming to us on a pissed day. <laughs> I mean, I guess that like kind of helps me in a way because I got more out of you. You did, you did for do sure. You, do you wish that you got ahead of it? Like, do you wish that you, because it is hard, like not knowing what's to come to just make a statement out of nowhere. Yeah. And then... I mean, I don't think so. I don't know what I could have done. And honestly, like it probably would have just made it worse, you know? I mean, and she has all the power of what is on that show and 
them what they're filming and I wasn't going to film. So I, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could do the coulda, shoulda, wouldas all day, but it is what it is now. And I'm just trying to move forward with my life and I hope that they are too. Well, I appreciate you being so open and honest here today, sharing well, you your story. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you online. So you guys can find me on at, at Velvet's Edge on all social media. I'm probably the most active, not probably, I am definitely the most active on Instagram. So it's at Velvet's Edge. My blog is velvetsedge.com. I have shop pages for all my clothes. I have a vintage tea shop because that's what I wear all the time, which you see I am right now. I love um, it. The, thank you. Uh, the podcast is also the name Velvet's Edge and it's through iHeartMedia, but you can just search Velvet's Edge wherever you listen to podcasts and find it there. Amazing. I really appreciate it. Keep in touch. You've been a great guest. Thank you for being so honest. Thanks, Kelly. It was nice to meet you. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.